0: Welcome back to Faith FM. We've just clicked over the hour, coming into um, the hour. Well, it's just it's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Oth- hour o'clock. baby. So now we are up. To, now we are up to our encounter. Now you with can say that yes. God yeah. section, and yeah. we've got Blair Lemke joining us in the studio. Stuck uh, around, bless yeah. his heart. We love um,
1: it when the uh, when the uh, when the interview person sticks around. We make like guests stay <laughs> around, help us out.
0: But before we get into it, do you want to give us a, a clue for the quiz?
1: Yes, I do. Okay, clue number four. <laughs> what am I? You ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Lord commanded Jeremiah. T- oh, hang on. Sorry, wait. I'm reading the wrong sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: tomorrow's <the> one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that was last week's. Oh. <laughs> the, the answer to that one was yoke. Um, okay. Where am I? Okay. Clue number four. John the Baptist wore one of these made of leather. Oh, there
0: you go. What was John he the Baptist? He wore one there? made of leather.
1: Oh, and Piers, Yeah. I forgot to mention our prize today. And it's two books in one.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's a gift set. This is really, really cool. Uh, so it is um, the book Tortured for Christ by Richard Wermbrandt. Um We talked about his story on our, mm. on our show many times. Incredible story. Mm. Uh, he's a founder of The Voice of the Martyrs. Um, this has been made into a movie recently. And uh, along with his book, there is also a copy of Jesus Freaks, um, which is a compilation of stories of people who've given their lives for the gospel, given yeah, wow. their lives for, um, you know... For Jesus, for for the ability to keep reading the Bible, for their faith, for their religion, for their Christianity, mm. these two books will absolutely inspire you and anyone else. Anyone else, um, you know, it will challenge their faith. You know, their their walk of faith is something that mm-hmm. they would, you know, hinge their life on. Whether or not it's something they would die for, so give us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM is our number. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and win that two pack of books today.
0: Mm. I know I, I've um I've spent some time. Actually, with some of the leaders of the Voice of the Martyrs and their their oh, yeah. association, yeah. Well, well, so did you. We went over to Ethiopia with them.
1: Oh, is that them?
0: Yeah, Etienne McClintock. He is uh, oh. one of the one of the leaders of the Voice of the Martyrs movement.
1: Alpha dog, yeah. Yeah, he's
0: he's he's a ledge, and they're just they're doing amazing work. I, I, amazing I, work. I uh, heard a seminar by him one time talking about the how they're you know getting Bibles into North Korea and doing all this amazing stuff. Like just incredible stuff. Um. But we've come to our encounter with God section, and I'll be honest. Go on. Me and <laughs> me and <Mona laughs> have been struggling, man. We're
1: like way <laughs> out of our depth on this one.
0: Like, so of course, our theme for our twenty million movement Bible study has been relationships, um, and you know, which this-
1: neither of Lyle and uh, Lawson and I are in. So. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> no, well, it's you know, it's been talking about relationships between you know yeah. parents and kids, and ra- relationships between. Um, you know, you and God and all these amazing things, you know, because relationships, we are relational beings. It's inherently in us, you know. I, I have um, amazing friends and amazing family and all these things, and I have a lot of experience when it comes to just relationships in general. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, the last couple of weeks, have been talking about some more... Um, more marital, relations marital relationships, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, look, we've just been struggling.
1: I think we can parrot what the Bible says, and we can give a very idealistic view of, of, you know, how the Bible says these things should be, because it's not like we're without knowledge at all because the Bible guides us and leads mm-hmm. us. But coming for a, a voice of experiential, we do not have.
0: Yeah, except we do have Blair Lemke with us That's today. We, he's just, Blair, he he's just in here just... You know, he's yeah. I'm he not so sure experience. that he actually
1: wanted to stay, but we kind of chained him to the chair and <laughs> said, "Please don't leave us. You're married. We need help." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but of course, our um, you know our, our topic for today that we've seen in our 20 million movement is called childless parenting, <laughs> and it's um, there's a few ways you could interpret that. There's a few ways that the well, there's a way that um, the that the study interprets that, but I I heard that and my mind immediately went to. Um, people who have guided me in my faith, yes, spiritual parents.
1: Amen. And I
0: got to say that w- without some of those people in my life, like I don't know where I would be. And I guess you guys could probably attest to that too. Um, you know, people who are who are a bit older than you, um, who have just really guided you in your faith. Um, and that could even be your real parents. I guess Blair, for your sake, you know, growing up in a Christian home, mm. those spiritual parents would have doubled as your actual real parents would have been a guiding force in your faith is that the experience that you had like along those lines yeah
2: very much so especially my dad actually was a pastor oh there you go
1: yeah (laughs) nice so it was like one of his main uh projects was to guide you spiritually that's right yeah praise the lord for that praise (laughs) the lord for parents who are interested in that
0: Mm. man that's awesome whereas uh, i come from my my perspective um, not growing up in a Christian family. Um, and so I had a lot of surrogate Christian parents. In, in fact, I was really blessed with the experience on, on Sabbath. Um, well, at, you know, this previous weekend at, at church, a lady named Camilla Scaff, who we've interviewed oh, a number of great. times yeah. here on, here on the radio. She's the health director for our conference. Um, she came and preached at our church. You know, she talked about women in the Bible and health. Um, but you know, I, I know. Camilla and her husband Joseph quite well. Um, they were actually running a small house church in Newcastle, just a group of young people, um, that I was invited to as a, as a non Christian 17 year old guy. They, you know, I befriended these people. They befriended me. They just loved on me. Then they were like, Hey, come to these people's house. And it was Joseph and Camilla's house. Um, and I went there for the first time. I actually remember my experience there. The night before I'd got absolutely plastered i was like really hungover, and i really wasn't loving life and i well you know i was just genuinely struggling and then and then rocking up at that house and, and sitting down and then immediately going into acapella hymns and me absolutely hating it but then the experience that came after that which was you know hearing the word of the lord um through joseph and then just having an amazing table fellowship um, experience eating meals with them and doing Bible studies. And they really like, I can, I see them as a somewhat of like a spiritual parent. And in fact, when they were, when they were there, um, when they were at my church, um, The uh, Camilla ran a bit of a health seminar afterwards and she got me to come up and pray at the end. She was talking about me and, oh, Lawson, he's one of my sons. You know, she's actually just had a kid who's like, and that kid's like 18 months old. (laughs) 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 That's your
1: much older brother. Yeah, the the
0: much, much, much older brother. But, (laughs) you know, she was talking in terms of the fact that these guys really took me in and really looked after me and really nurtured my faith in that time. Um, and I you know I, I can just see them as yeah some real spiritual parents they were leading me um, in the ways that God would they were guiding me by the holy spirit and and yeah I'm here today i'm um just yeah, loving you know, God because I've, of their influence,
1: I think it's there's there's a verse in the Bible that I love. You know, it says, you know, when your mother and father abandon you, um, God will take you up. And mm. uh, I don't necessarily think that this means that your parents have to like be like, look, you're being cut off from the family; we're done with you. But some people do uh, grow up without, um, you know, spiritual guidance. They might have all other kinds of parental guidances, but mm. they might just not have spiritual guidance. And I think it's great that God will put those people in your life. Like I have those people in my life as well. Like I le- I left home and uh, I mean I lived on the other side of the country. For my parents, um, you know, many years ago now, and uh, my conversion experience all happened, you know, on the other side of the country for my parents. And, uh, and the Lord definitely placed in, in my path um, people that I see as spiritual parents as well, mm. who helped guide me and helped shape me. You know, like, um, like you know, the South Wales, Lyle and Shell, mm. I've always considered them my spiritual family. And uh, people like, you know, Kelly and Joe Norton and Karen and Maury Walters, if you guys are listening, kudos to you, guys. And uh, yeah, these people, you know, and, and particularly like one of those people that I just mentioned doesn't actually have a child, doesn't have actually mm. have any children, and um, and taking upon herself the role of being like a mother in Israel, mm. so to speak, and just looking out for the young people of the church. Like when you said that the study was going to be about childless parenting, I was like, it must mean that, surely.
0: Mm. But just
1: because you don't haven't given birth to anything doesn't mean you can't guide and, yeah. and nurture.
0: Fully. I think, you know, that was sort of the the next step for me. After that nurturing from Camilla and Joseph, I then made a decision, oh, I want to follow Jesus. Um, and I, I got baptized and, and I was like just so on fire for God because I could see that these people were so on fire for God and then that took me that led me to my next step in my journey to, to going up to a Bible school up north called Arise and so I sort of you know left the the house of that parent but I came to Arise as, a, as quite a young person as a 18 year old I was the youngest there and um, definitely the least mature um, not only in my faith but just in general just <laughs> <It's a slight laughs> <laughs> Young guy, like I, I you know, I'd, I'd only been a Christian for maybe a month and a half, and I'm just like up a rise and, you know, in class every day learning about God, and then, and then, you know, using that knowledge that I had to share that with people in the community. And I definitely needed, needed guidance in that. And so I found myself new parents, uh, <laughs> which was a good time. Uh, so I sort of actually have stages of spiritual parentship. But not for me, but people around me being my being my spiritual parents and looking after me. At that time, it was a couple named Brenton and Ever Race. Ever Race. Um, these guys were really young, too. They were like 25 and 28. Um, and they were a married couple who were attending a rise. And Ever was my outreach partner. And she just, man, she really got me into line. Like, praise God <laughs> that she was. Um
3: you're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Praise God that that she was there because it was so smart by the people too. You know, I saw everyone else getting sort of paired up into outreach partners and it was like, you know, young people were together and then some, you know, young and older and they looked at me and they were like, you know what? We're going to put him with the 25-year-old married chick. I'm like, <laughs> such a good move on their uh-huh. part. But yeah again like the, those were you know Brenton and Ever were were you know a couple of people who just really guided me in that journey helped me really mature in my faith as a Christian I sort of got that on fireness from Joseph Camilla from their ministry and then the then you know the next step of maturity and and control um you know of my life from 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 Brenton and Ever and their influence is just some some young people who are just Living for Jesus, as I was, but with the you know the experience to back it up that I didn't have. So yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's really incredible. Blair, it looks like you have uh, your Bible open there. Do you want to share yeah, something mate. with us? Yeah, look, um, I, when I think about the idea
2: of spiritual parenting, mm. uh, not not literal parents, but spiritual parents mm. and mentoring, I think of a number of examples in Scripture where you have. Uh, someone who came and took the role of a spiritual parent Mm. and mentored someone who was younger than them or or newer in the faith. Yeah, One of my favorite examples of that is Paul's relationship that he had with Timothy. Yeah, wow. I -hmm. love, um, and this, in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, it really captures the start of that relationship. Mm. And uh, Paul, we read in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, it says Paul went first to Derby uh, and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. And Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So, Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. Mm. And so, Paul here sees Timothy, a young man, Who had parents? Yeah, you know, mentioned his parents in that verse. Mm -hmm. But Paul saw in him the potential. He was well thought of by other believers in the area, Mm. and so Paul saw in him the potential to be a powerful man that God would Mm. use in this new Christian movement. Yeah, and so he selected him to come Mm. with him, and and we see the rest of uh, you know the Book of Acts, and then also in the letters, First and Second Timothy, as Paul's Mm. you know writing to Timothy, and these other examples uh, of. This relationship really growing and Paul taking mentorship over him and writing to him and counseling yeah. him and et cetera.
0: Man, actually the, the books of Timothy are some of my favorite in the Bible because the amount of advice that it gives to, to me as a young person, I think it gives advice to, doesn't matter who you are, it gives advice to you. But, you know, especially when you've got lines in there, like let no one despise your youth, you know, yes. um, Absolutely. that, that you, you know, you have been called for a purpose and, and that you're, you know, you, you, yeah, but Paul also empowering him um, and and selecting him and taking him under his under his wing because yeah because Paul just you know wants to nurture someone into he wants to build people up and I think this is <clears throat> what. What we should do as, as as believers is to to build each other up. You've got another story there, I see. Oh, or- look,
2: just just picking <laughs> the same the same idea there. Yeah, you see in in Philippians chapter two, uh, the idea. You know, Paul again writing about Timothy in Philippians chapter two, and it says, mm. um, "I have no man like minded." Verse nineteen, who will naturally care for your state as a son with the father. It's um, speaking of him. It's, it says he served with me in the gospel, mm. um, and so. Timothy eventually became a pastor of a church yeah. um, in Ephesus, mm-hmm. and you know we see that this what's talked about right here, where Timothy served with Paul in the gospel, mm-hmm. just being this you know just a great example of what it's like to have a spiritual mentor mm-hmm. or a spiritual father, so to speak. Yeah, um, you know someone who is able to guide you to be more effective in ministry. Yeah, um, to be you know more effective at serving those around you in the Mm.
0: community and things like that just really just bringing out the best of you yeah um, in many ways fully yeah i I think actually that's that's one of the reasons why the books of first and second timothy were written scholars sort of have come to the conclusion that that timothy was a pastor but not only was a was he a pastor but he was a really young pastor Mm. he was about 18 19 when he took up the role of pastorship as of a church and as someone that young, you can think about all the anxieties yes. that come with that, all of the self-consciousness of, oh, man, I am a very young person, and mm-hmm. I have now been given a role of um, responsibility. Revo- responsibility and leadership. Um, you know, who is going to, you know, like, like this is, a, it's a lot to take on. And so, Paul is writing into that context and that circumstance to, to really to edify Timothy, to as build like, him up. It's like they took young people seriously back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blair Lemke, young, young directors, young adults director at the conference, he's speaking. Yeah. true. <laughs> but if
1: you think about God, like in the Bible, God's mm. never actually put an age limit on when he calls a child. Yeah, fully. You know, was it Samuel that he got called when he was a little tiny? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, you know, yeah. Yeah. He it was Samuel,
0: Samuel the boy. Yeah. ministered to the yeah. Lord before Eli. That's what the Bible that's says. That's it,
1: that's it. And he got mm. Josiah was, he became king at 12, you know, yeah. and he followed in God's voice. I God has never, mm. you know, said. Do you know what the cutoff point is here? And below that, we don't call them. Like He's like, do you know what? When they're ready, they're ready. to we'll call. Mm. Man, that's really
2: powerful. even. You even look at Jesus' disciples, and it's it's very. Yeah. Um, we have biblical evidence to suggest that the disciples were teenagers or mm. young, you know, early twenties. Yeah. Um, you know, even the fact that Paul, oh, sorry, John lived all the way through till about yeah. ninety AD. You know, yeah, um, he would have been quite old at age at that time. Um, yeah, you see yeah. quite a th- number of things because we think of
1: them as middle-aged. Like well, all 40. the pictures—they're yeah, all they've right, got yeah. large mm-hmm. beards and like yeah, bald spots yeah, and, the and like skin and stuff. Now the beards yeah. are awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> beards rock, <Yeah. laughs> but I don't know if those pictures always accurately portray the reality of what the situation mm. would have been. I mean, even Jesus pictured as a white. You know, long flowing hair, are quite different to the Middle Eastern context yeah. that would have been around, <laughs> been and, pervasive yeah. at the time.
0: Fully, yeah, I think you know, I think that's that's. I- Man, we're kind of going on a bit of a journey here But it's like a kind of Keep a journey going, It's kind it. of a journey through my life Because the next step for me was actually then Moving in with Lyle and Shell Southwell And being given the responsibility It's like, you're a Bible worker now And um, go out and win people for Jesus Get to work and um, And that, like, I was really empowered Again, like, I was like 18 you know, brand new Christian and I was just like, oh, yep, so Lawson, you're going to go knock on doors and give people Bible studies. Awesome. And of course, like, yeah, heaps of anxieties came with that. I was like, man, how am I supposed to do that? Um But living with Lyle and Shell and, and, and you know, sitting there with Lyle, I remember sitting in the bottom of Maitland Church uh, Monday to Thursday and we'd sit there and we'd do a Bible study and he would teach us, okay, this is how you give this Bible study and we'd go through, you know, it started with Daniel 2 and then Signs of the Times and, like, well, you know, just going through each Bible study and like, oh, this is how you show someone this and me sitting there and taking notes and being really interested and then like literally then the hour later, it's like, okay, get out there and I would oftentimes it'd be like... He would be showing me how to give a particular Bible study because that afternoon I'd be giving it to someone else. Wow! And, yeah, uh, yeah just like, you know, young guy doing that. And, of course, this isn't talking me up or even it's not talking Lyle up. It's talking about the work that God can do th- through young people yeah. if they're empowered and I
1: think this point that you just mentioned is really important because I think it's 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 so vital to get like anybody not just young people uh, as soon as they're committed to something to get them to teach it so they can become that mm. river and not be that reservoir where mm. they just sort of Get it, you know, into this habit of just being fed, being fed, being fed. Like, oh, yes, mm. you know, I've just, I've made a decision. I've decided to believe. I, you know, I've been converted. So let me just go to church and get fed every single week, like yeah. a good Christian. Like, it's not how it mm. works. You have to mm. be feeding other people. And the, the sooner you can get, young people into that rhythm of being fed and feeding, mm-hmm. the more their own spiritual life will grow, the more that they will be able to progress in their spiritual walk. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I just know for myself having young Christian friends now, you know, coming from a place where I didn't have young Christian friends to young Christian friends. And I talked to those guys. I'm like, Oh, you know what, what makes you, you know, as committed as you are to God. Cause a lot of the young Christian friends I have are in ministry. Um, And they're like, look, it was just – I got to a point where I realized that God was true and it was awesome and he wanted to save me. Amazing. Great. And then they were like, but I just wanted to tell other people about it. Amen. And then they took the practical step to do that and that's why they're so on fire in their faith and that's why they are so committed to what they believe.
1: Being a Christian witness is – that you have to actually do some witnessing, or something you just get to be witnessed to the whole time. That's not what being fully. a Christian witness means.
0: I don't know, like for you, Blair, as, as you know, young adults director for the conference. That would definitely be a goal for you is to bring young people on that journey from hearing the word, you know, going to a big camp, for mm. example, but then discipling. That's that's mm. the the common term. There is mm. the, the formal term, actually. The, does the discipling of that, you know? Uh, is is that are you looking at making efforts you know, yeah, look, towards that area?
2: Um, most certainly, a good spiritual parent mm-hmm. will put the, their children in a context where they will be forced to grow mm-hmm. um, and grow in a safe way. Parents are, you know, they always guard and protect fully. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was resonating with what you were sharing there about um, Lyle and Shelley, who put you kind of in that situation where you were. Um, had to grow yeah. out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I'll share a quick text. It says in Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. Um, a child will, a, a parent, a spiritual parent, will put you in a situation where you're trained, yeah. where you're out of your comfort zone, where you're growing. Yeah. And as you do that, uh, you you become ground in that, and you won't depart from that as you mm. grow older. You just really settle into mm. yeah, that that uh, that track. And Man, that's, that's what that's what we're doing in the in the young adults and youth department as well. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we're
1: gonna keep, um keep talking about this in a minute. We do going to take a song break. Uh, this is Sarah Groves. blessed be the tie.
3: Before our Father's throne, we pour out ardent in prayer. Our fears and hopes are. speed
1: Sarah grows Blessed be the tie That binds us Not blessed be the tie That you wear on your neck Which is what I Thought was happening, <laughs> Yeah we were was asking Shell like,
0: in the studio Like what's going on With this song <laughs> But it was actually A beautiful song
1: It was really great It has a great message As well mm. Uh, but yeah, we've had to say goodbye to Blair Lemke, our guest for this morning, mm. who stuck around for a couple of extra uh, sessions, which we really love it when our guests do that. We appreciate it a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, we had a great, great study with now him. That, yeah.
0: that, now that he's gone, I just have to mention some of Blair's shortcomings in his role.
4: <laughs>
0: so, so, and what I'm, what I mean, but like, he's he's a great guy. He's just a yeah. gun, but he has this big spreadsheet.
1: Oh uh, my goodness! And
0: it's um, filled. <laughs> it's filled with um, every single single young adult in our conference, or, or all the ones that he's talked talk to, and he's put them all in this spreadsheet, and he, and he he's um. So he has
1: a list of single people, yeah,
0: and he's yeah. trying to do a do a godly role as a as a matchmaker.
1: So this is him taking seriously the role of a childless parent in yes. uh, in the Christian church. Yes, and he's just making sure all those lonely hearts mm-hmm. have an opportunity to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Is that we're trying to say? Yes. Do you think you're on the list?
0: I'm definitely on the list. <laughs> He told me I was on the list, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely on the list. I we were actually having a meeting once, and he was like, "Oh, Lawson, what's your what's your last name? What's your phone number?" What? I'm like, "What? Why?" He's like, "I'm just putting you in my spreadsheet, man." I'm <laughs> like, "Oh, okay." But anyway, did he also
1: get like a list of your preferences? Like, what are you looking for in a wife? Like,
0: <laughs> um, no, because he's actually really bad at that role. I'm, I'm just going to put it out. I'm not going to say anything about it, but I'm just going to say. Um, he's not a great matchmaker. He's, he hasn't been extremely successful, but hey, it's a work in progress.
1: Are you know? saying that because you're still single and you're looking for someone to blame other than yourself?
0: I'm and nodding, but I'm not nails saying anything.
1: <laughs> Shut to the heart. Straight, Ouch. straight Ouch. to the problem right there. <laughs> it's not Blair's fault, honey. It's because you're so irresponsible you can't even have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> dude the lonely the lonely hearts
0: club (laughs) that's what this that's what our radio show you know how 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 me and lyle with a double l team
1: yeah yeah we should be the The lonely Lonely hearts Hearts club (laughs)
0: lyle and
1: mon lawson and mon sorry (laughs) oh that's funny Uh, that's (laughs) funny okay let me give you a clue for this quiz before this show really just goes down the gurgler Okay. Oh, this is actually the final clue for this quiz.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So, what am I? Clue number five. This is one of the pieces of the armor of God. The blank of truth. Oh. The, what is it? Of truth. The toenail. The blank. It's not the toenail. It's a a piece of the armor of God. Have you heard about the armor of God? They're all like kind of items of clothing as opposed Uh, to body parts. Um, so the Blank of Truth, you know what the Blank of Truth was? Give us a call. The stick of truth. It's not a stick. <laughs> it's not a stick. Stop saying stuff. You're going to confuse people or give it away or something. Give us a call if you know what that is. And uh, we will send you a t- two copies. Well, no, Well, a copy of two books. Uh, so, Jesus Freak's uh, story of the voice of the martyrs, and of course, Tortured for Christ, by which you wrote, wrote um, about the guy who started the voice of the martyrs. I was
0: actually helping the people with the quiz, because now they know that it's not a toenail, it's not a stick.
1: Yeah, you've narrowed it down for them. Good yeah, on you. good for me. Yeah.
0: All right, but back to spiritual parents.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is...
1: Things that you and I... Well, do you know what? It's not... Also... In a way, we could be spiritual parents because, mm. like you just said, you were giving people Bible studies. That's yeah. in a way, like, feeding them, guiding them, nurturing them.
0: There's actually... I have a really funny story about this. This Go is on. actually really cute, too. So, there's a guy that I do Bible studies with. He is now... Um, he's a he's a baptized member of, of um, our church. He is just loving God and, and following him and we actually do a men's Bible study group out of his house uh, it's been an amazing transformation conversion in his life he actually went from he was he was part of a cult activity oh, really? um, and stuff and now he's just a you know sold out Jesus follower and uh, his, his name this is the best part his name is James James.
1: James James, yeah, that's really funny. Like,
0: first name James, last name James. James, and it's amazing. I, I just we just love him so much. Um, bit of an older guy, and I just
1: want to quickly say I went to a school with a guy called Omar Omar, and we just called him Omar squared. So you should call him James squared. That's amazing. Yeah, see how he feels. But anyways, oh James
0: James just rolls off the tongue so well. James James. James. Yeah. Anyways, um, I do Bible studies with this guy. We host the men's Bible study group from his house, and often. Um, you know, I pick him up from his house and bring him to church and, um, and, and, yeah, we have a really good friendship. And he always says to people, you know, because I'm sort of one of I'm, – I'm like a spiritual mentor to him. I mm. mean, um, he always says, he's like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like Lawson. Oh, that's and so it's sweet. the sweetest thing ever because the guy is also – he's like 65.
1: Oh, bless his heart.
0: But we have an amazing friendship. He's like one of the funniest guys you've ever met. And so even at my, my ripe young age of, of 20 years old, I think, you know, when you're following God – Mm-hmm. you can be an influence to, on people and you can be a spiritual mentor and i wouldn't necessarily call myself a spiritual parent like i don't think my my age warrants that or even my maturity or experience but yeah just that just that um just that um that experience of of guiding people um you know to to know jesus better um yeah it is somewhat of a you know a parental role i think it's it's really powerful. My my current spiritual parents are a couple named um, Blake and Malvinas Penland. Uh, we've talked to them on the radio a few times. We play Malvinus's music. She is just an absolute gun. And those guys, like, oh, man, I just, like, well, at one point I was like nearly living at their house. I'd just be there every day eating their food and like <laughs> <laughs> we'd do prayer meeting and then I'd just be like, Oh Mal, can you cook me some food, please? And and all this stuff and, and we have me and me and Malvinus, we always joke and then she's like and then she's like, You're one of my children, you're my white child and I'm like, Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she's from Zimbabwe. She's from Zimbabwe, yeah, yeah, so yeah. but it yeah, it, you know, and and oh, they're, they're like but they're, this is the thing, they're like they're also, you know, some of my closest friends. And they really look out for me, and they've really helped me through. You know, I I see Blake and Malvinus especially as as um no like no um nothing dissing to to all the other people that I've mentioned. Um, but I've spent the most time with them, mm-hmm. and so I'm the closest to them. And they have just really you know taken me under their wing, and they've really helped me through some of the hard times that I've been through, um, some of the struggles that I've had. And I've come out of that, you know, better and stronger, obviously, because of the work that God's doing in my heart, but the way that God has worked through them to help me and to work on me. And I, I don't know, I, I'm just so grateful for people who take up the role of, you know, spiritual mentorship in the church and, of, you know, to be a spiritual parent because it honestly changes changes people's lives you know and really you're you're raising up especially for me as a young person you're raising me up as a new generation of believer who will you know be sharing the word with people i think yeah absolutely that, that's one of the worst things we can do is is to to be a spiritual leader ourselves who is guiding to people to faith but not then not to raise any of them up then to be spiritual leaders like that's one of the Probably the worst thing you could do. And I was
1: saying this off air uh, in that in the break with uh, with Blair when before Blair left that you know we w- our kids these days are dealing with such harder mm. issues than any of our generation ever did. Um, you know our teenagers and younger they you know the issues with sex and drugs and the things they're mm. watching the things they have access to these days. They're huge and they're heavy and they're big, and so we need to be training our kids, fully. our Christian kids, to be the the voice like, yeah. a, a, of hope in that in that in that whole mess yeah. that these kids are going through. We need to train them like more than ever. They need to be yeah. trained now. They need to be trained fully. fully. They need to know the heavy truths of the Bible so yeah. they can deliver those to kids who are struggling mm. with the heavy problems of society.
0: Well, I know you know where I was at before I was a Christian. I was a uh, you know. Uh, Alcoholic, um, sex addict—you know, just yeah. typical. But I was pretty—I t- was a pretty good guy, according to everyone else. But uh, you know, I was just typically um, struggling, and I just wish that I had have had close friends who were, um, yeah, just really who were Christian at that time. And luckily, at that time, I actually did find some close friends who who were Christian. But I—but I, I wish you know, when, when I was going through the worst of it. But I wish I wish when I was younger, you know, I, I went yeah. to a Christian school and I wish that I had, I had a close friend who was actively involved in church and really oh, knew what they like. Absolutely. I, I've actually, you know, I, I've, I've worked at, with some churches that have been attached to schools and I'm just like, man, if we can get these young guys who are in the church and in the school like to really live their faith, um, not that they aren't, you know, yeah. a lot of these young guys are amazing, but, you know, how much of an evangelistic weapon could they be?
1: Absolutely, because we absolutely do our kids a disservice. We discredit them. And we don't equip them with the heavier truths of the Bible mm. because their friends, their secular friends right now are dealing with stuff that's yeah. heavier than, than we mm. as guides or parents or older people in the church will ever even realize how mm. young those heavy issues start coming yeah. into secular world, uh, secular kids' world lives and not equipping our kids to go and be that help. We're absolutely doing not just them a disservice but a world at large a disservice Mm. in our church because our church could grow if these kids could hear truth from a peer from a friend at that age how much their lives could could be on a better trajectory
0: oh i I just last thing i want to say i just remember that the tiny amounts of truth that were shared with me through my life until i became a christian they've affected me until this day so praise the lord for the people who are sharing truth this is true north with it couldn't be
5: Could I've been the woman, the, the savior to the tree. I like to tell myself, Oh Lord, no, no, it couldn't be. I've heard it said that when we sin, our Jesus feels the pain. Could I be pounding those old nails in His hands and feet again? When the soldiers held you down that day And nailed your hand and teeth Could they see your pain and sorrow As the tears rolled down your cheeks Could they hear you when you whisper You know not what you do Did they hear you when you cried out I forgive you Out? Am I just too blind to see? With one hand I am reaching and calling for your love, while in the other there's a hammer covered in.
0: hands and of Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counseling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au it's higher education designed for life
3: you're listening to Faith FM positively different radio
4: if the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives in peace
1: Faith FM, that was Anthem Lights with the Crown Medley. You are here on Faith FM with Lawson and mine, filling in for Lyle. Lawson, you little treasure, you. <laughs> uh, we have come to the queue of the day, the question of the day. Are you ready um, for it? Yes. Well, you still are. Yes. Uh, excellent question uh, this morning, a really great one, one that I think a lot of people have asked, uh, have been curious about this. But Lawson, can you please tell us, right? Okay. Does God tempt us?
0: Ooh, because is... that
1: doesn't quite seem like fair. Doesn't it quite seem like fair for him to be like, here are the Ten Commandments. but let me tempt you to break them.
0: Yeah. So this is actually a really interesting question because you know the different theological views that people have out there. Because this question actually spawns from like a larger sort of philosophy of your belief in God. For example, if you're someone who is what's called a, a, a Calvinist or a predeterminist, so you believe that God has designed everything to happen in the way that it's like, as in God, God is like everything that's happened to you in your life and every decision you made has already been determined by God. Well, then you can come to that conclusion um, that, yeah, well, God must tempt me if I break, if I am tempted and then I break the commandments. Well, and then that was supposed to happen yeah, like yeah. that. I myself um, am not a predeterminist. I believe that one of the biggest and most important facets of God's love is his, his free will that he gives to us. Um, that, that, you know, he gives us the, the the free will to choose him. If we if we you know, he has done everything um, to save us. He has made every provision for us to be saved, and now it's just up to us to choose him. Um, I think that you know that that's a really powerful image of God that that you know he works for us, and then we we make make a choice. Um, but but on top of that, then it's like okay, well, in that case, if we have the you know, if it's on, on us to choose, um, does God then tempt us? You know, does he put things in our life to draw us away from him? And this is what the Bible says. Like, I like this question because there's a pretty straightforward answer. Um, in James chapter one and verse. 13. I've actually been I've been memorizing the book of James, started in James chapter one, and this is what it says, twelve and thirteen. It says Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is proven, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And then it says um, let no man say that he is tempted of God. For for God for he himself um, for he himself no Okay.
1: You're doing so well. <laughs> okay. I'm so impressed by people who memorize the Bible. So, like, even if you stumble, like, yeah. good on you for trying. Okay.
0: Um, let no one say he, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot tempt, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Amen. So, the Bible is really clear that God doesn't tempt us. God isn't the, the sole agency responsible for our you know, the temptation for us to fall, we, we know who that is. We have an adversary. We have a deceiver who is, a, who is working against us to, to deceive us and to make us fall. But an extension of this, because people say, you know, then why doesn't God just protect me from every and all temptation? Why do I go through hard things in my life that can lead me to stray from God? Um, and in that passage, in, in James chapter 1, I believe it starts in verse 2, it says, My brethren, this is um, Paul, no, sorry, James, um, talking to a group of believers, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you endure, um, when you, sorry, when you fall into various temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Um, you know, there. Are, I think there are times where you know, the, the hurdles in our life don't come from God. And that's because, you know, bad thing. We live in a world that's marred by sin, mm. with, you know, and we're all people who are sinners. Um, we're going to constantly have problems in life. And praise God for the times where, you know, we just truly submit to Him and He, and he does say, okay, this is too much for you to bear, and He, and he steps in. But then there are times where, where God, I guess, you know, the bad things that happen in the world, He... He um. I think he lets us go through them because he knows that through that um, our faith will be grown, um, our patience and our faith will be tested, and and we will become you know more closer to him because of that. It's not that he he himself is inducing temptation; he himself is inducing bad times. Um, but you know, as we're talking about spiritual, you know, parents and spiritual leadership, our spiritual leaders want to put us in positions that are uncomfortable and have the potential nearly to hurt us. Um, so that we, we grow as people. And I think God does the same thing. You know, the Bible says that God chastens us as sons. And, um, yeah, so that's basically my understanding of, of does God tempt us? No. But sometimes we go through hard times, and we should always go to Him in those hard times.
1: Amen. If you have a question, give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's one 800 324 Send us any question you like. This is Keith and Kristen Getty with The Power of the Cross.
3: See the dawn of the darkest day Christ on the road to Calvary Tried by sinful men Torn and beaten land Nailed to a cross of wood
0: Welcome back to Feather.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I knew you weren't. And he was all like, when we go back on air, I'm just going to scream into the microphone, all right? And I'm like, yeah, go on. I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. Anyway, it's time. It's the end of the show. Thank you so much, Lawson, for filling in for Lyle. Yes. Uh, we are going to give away a book. And I just want I just want to say something. Yes. We've given this book away a bunch of times on this show, uh-huh. and there's a reason for that. And that is because so many of the people that we have interviewed on this show sit in that chair and tell us that this book absolutely transformed their life. Mm-hmm. Just changed their life, just changed it up for them, sent them on a whole new path, just blew their minds, um, whole new trajectory for them after reading this book. This book has changed more lives than any other book I know, except, of course, the Bible. Yeah. Uh, this book is called The Great Controversy. It's by E.G. White. Uh, this is a book that Le- uh, Blair Lemke was just talking about when he was uh, on the show today when he was discussing, um, you know, what changed his life. And he went on a Reformation tour. And while he was on that tour, he read that book, which just would have been the most amazing way to read this book because this book goes through, um, you know, the, those places and those stories of history. Uh, it goes through history, it goes through current times, and it goes through future events. This is definitely a book that you want to mm. take home, that you need to read this book give us a call right now. You can get a free copy if you're the first person through now. 1-800-FAITH-FM 1-800-324-843 is our number. Get a copy of this book now. The Great Controversy by E.G. White.
0: And you'll be totally and amazingly stoked. Of course, we've had an amazing morning here. We've had an awesome Monday morning, awesome show. And we've shared a lot of things. We've talked about young people. we talked about spiritual parents. Um, and We've talked about God. And if you have you know any desire, if you want to learn more about God, um, just give us a call 1-800-324-843 there's a number of different resources we can you up with there's a number of different churches or people or wherever you are, we just want to get you in contact with someone who can teach you more about God this is FaithFM
3: summer breeze flow through our hair, but when we fall, the trials of life, when all our hopes and dreams are brought back down to work.